Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Let the international communities to realise that how Hong Kong people will not keep silence under the suppression of President Xi and the chief executive, Carrie Lam. That's freedom campaigner Joshua Wong. He was recently released from prison during some of the biggest protests that Hong Kong has ever seen. But why are millions of people inspired to step away from their jobs and take on their government? Today, we'll tell you how the death of one woman led to the people of Hong Kong to fight for their basic human rights. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. On Monday, thousands of protesters wearing yellow hard hats swarmed Hong Kong's parliament. It was the 22nd anniversary of the country being handed back to China from British rule, and the people are today still trying to keep their country from being fully controlled by the mainland. Protesters smashed windows, forced open steel gates and sprayed the walls with graffiti, all pushing for a piece of legislation that could jeopardise their human rights be thrown out. But this protest is just one of many in the country in recent times. And to understand where this is all coming from, we need to look back. In 1842, Hong Kong Island became a crown colony of the British Empire. It has since then grown from an opium trade centre to an important port city and to a manufacturing and finance hub. In 1984, the then British PM Margaret Thatcher signed the Sino-British Declaration, It was a treaty with China that arranged for the country to be handed back to Chinese rule on the 1st of July 1997. The Chinese government agreed to form the One Country, Two Systems principle, which means while Hong Kong is technically a part of China, it's allowed to retain its own economic and administrative systems away from the socialist-run China to be more of a form of democracy. The fear, though, of living under Chinese rule was enough to see a mass wave of people leave the country back in the late 1990s. On the 1st of July 2003, the six-year anniversary of the handover, a massive demonstration over changes to the law that the country's run under, the Hong Kong Basic Law, led to a mass demonstration which saw the bill shelved. Issues with their electoral system in 2014, which the people saw as the Chinese government pre-screening candidates for their leadership position, was also met with a series of sit-in protests that they now refer to as the Umbrella Revolution. The student-led protests, numbering at times in the hundreds of thousands, occupied areas outside government headquarters and major city intersections. Police violence against the protesters just led to more citizens joining in. 
The movement occupied some of these positions for up to two months before they were dispersed. One of those protesters was now 22-year-old Joshua Wong. His role in the Umbrella Revolution led to him being named Time magazine's most influential teen of 2014. He was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize in 2017. In 2015, he was formally charged with inciting people to join an unlawful assembly. And when the latest protest broke out last month, he was serving a three-month jail term for his activism. He was then released early as the unrest grew over his detention. Carrie Lam must step down. Otherwise, I believe in the next few weeks before the 22 anniversary of Hong Kong transfer of sovereignty, more and more Hong Kong people, not only 1 million or 2 million people, will come and join our fight until the day we get back our basic human rights and freedom. So the region has a history of using people power to get their government to resist influence from the Chinese mainland and the erosion of Hong Kong's legal and political systems, which is what triggered this latest movement. This piece of contentious legislation is the Hong Kong Extradition Bill, and it all started with a murder. In 2018, a Hong Kong man, Chan Tong, allegedly killed his girlfriend while they were on holiday in Taiwan. Chan then fled back to Hong Kong. And now there's no extradition agreement between the two countries and he can't be tried in his home country for a murder that didn't happen there. So he's basically gotten away with it. This bill would allow that extradition to take place. But what the people realised is that it would also allow the Chinese government to haul anyone they deem to be a political agitator into their court system, where people have been known to simply disappear. That's what's led to millions of people taking to the streets of Hong Kong, trying to desperately keep that wall up between them and the Chinese government, fighting to maintain their way of life. Reporter Sarah Clark is on the ground in Hong Kong. Sarah, we saw millions take to the streets last month protesting this extradition bill. What's been happening in the time between then and this week's escalation with the storming of Parliament? There have been weekly protests over the last month or so here in Hong Kong and they've ranged in, in sorts. We've had one million people on the streets for the first big rally and that was unprecedented in Hong Kong. And then, of course, the following Sunday, we had two million people in Hong Kong. Now, that was an extraordinary scene. There was all generations of people's families. It was lawmakers, which are the, the local politicians here. Uh, we had uh, young students. We had a real mix of people on the streets, but they were all united in their opposition and anger uh, over this extradition bill that's been proposed for Hong Kong. Uh, we've also had, uh, last week, a number of blockades. So the, the student movement, which is the younger activists, they changed tactics and they were doing blockades or disrupting business. So they were literally rallying in front of different government buildings trying to um, disrupt uh, the day-to-day work of the government departments. And this included, uh, uh, we had the uh, immigration office. Uh, we had the security building. Uh, we've, of course, we've had LegCo, which is the Legislative Council building, which is Hong Kong's parliament. So the types of rallies have changed and varied. But this particular movement, this, these rallies, uh, are very different to what we saw in the Occupy Hong Kong movement. And that was back in 2014, where they literally, the students blocked the streets uh, for more than two months. Uh, this time, they've changed their tactics. And some might say that they're working on the grounds that um, the bill has since been suspended, but not withdrawn. They've also had two apologies uh, from Carrie Lam, who's Hong Kong's chief executive. Um, but they want more. They want this bill dropped altogether. And they also want Carrie Lam to resign. Now, we've seen this week now the anniversary protest took it to another level and we saw those activists that you're talking about storm Parliament. Is the anniversary date, because they've had protests happen on this anniversary date again of the handover from British rule to Chinese rule, does that amp up the 
the fervour on the streets when this anniversary rolls around? Well, I should clarify, there were two particular rallies yesterday. The July 1 anniversary, which marks the handover uh, from, the, from Great Britain back to China. That's every year. Uh, last year, there was about 300,000 people. The police or organisers say around half a million people marched yesterday. Now, they were went to march to the Legislative Council building, but at the last minute, the police changed tactics. They changed the route and they sent them through to central Hong Kong purely because of the the safety concerns about what was unravelling here at the Legislative Council. Yesterday, we had a rally here uh, at the Legislative Council, which started very early in the morning. Uh, And this was um, coinciding with Carrie Lam, Hong Kong's chief executive, who was doing an official ceremony uh, nearby at the convention centre. They were protesting and targeting her. Now, yesterday morning, uh, they used uh, tear gas and they pepper spray and battened very early. Then there was a a quiet, a lull, uh, about 500 police who were here uh, in this standoff. They withdrew. Uh, and that's when things started to unravel. We knew that the, the things were changing. We knew that they wanted to be violent. They wanted to escalate uh, this protest. And by doing that, they literally were running around this building and the unscrewing barricades around the area. They were getting bins. They were getting uh, the blockades. And they were ramming them into the glass. Now, this, this glass is hard to, to smash. It is um, very well protected by police and security. But they smashed through that glass. Almost every window and door around here is all broken. And they got into the Legislative Council building as well, in the council chamber, which is restricted and limited to the, uh, the politicians only. So that access was when the police had withdrawn so that they had free access uh, and, and went through with their umbrellas. They smashed through and, and gained access. So there were two different protests. And that's what Carrie Nam today has been differentiating between the two. She's pursuing prosecution against those protesters, the younger protesters, who are here at Hong Kong's parliament. Now, they do have a long history of people power managing to overturn potential government decisions in the past. Do the people on the streets, the people involved in these protests, feel like this continued action will eventually see this extradition bill be shelved and see Carrie Lam hand in her resignation? Do they feel that that's a possibility still? Well, that's what they're pursuing. But uh, we've had a, a couple of concessions from the government. As I mentioned, she's done a public apology. Uh, she's also apologised to the people and said she'll listen to the people, but she's only suspended this bill. Uh, and that's what they don't want. They want this dropped altogether. Uh, she's talking about uh, the bill expiring over time. Uh, next July in 2020 is when the Legislative Council uh, it, it ends its term. She said it'll expire by then, but she's still not saying that it will come back on the table at any time soon. And that's again and again what these protesters want. They literally have a list of demands, Carrie Lam to resign, and they want this bill dropped altogether. And I should say their biggest concern is that if fugitives or potential fugitives uh, here, criminals here that are targeted by China, they can easily be shipped over uh, and extradited to, to China to be uh, to stand trial on the mainland. And that's where the, the different judicial system uh, has concerns for the human rights, uh, safeguards and precautions of those people being political prisoners uh, when they're taken to China and put on trial. What's the pressure on Carrie Lam to not withdraw this bill? Who's stopping her from doing that? If we've got millions of people on the streets telling her that that's what they want, what's stopping her from withdrawing it? She's been the main driver of this particular proposal. Uh, at some stage, she was accused of bulldozing it through very quickly. And that's when events did turn. Uh, she was trying to get a vote um, by July 1st, uh, which was obviously yesterday. And that's before uh, these lawmakers, the politicians here, uh, before they adjourn for the summer, which is July, August. Uh, so she's been driving it through. Uh, the, the fact that it's not going away is quite extraordinary. When I say that, there, there's obviously support from Beijing to keep this on the table. Uh, but you can't, you, she honestly can't ignore two million people marching on the streets, 
are calling for her resignation and calling for this bill to be withdrawn. But at this stage, she's standing firm. So will Hong Kong be able to maintain its one country, two systems status and keep that distance from China they've so desperately clung to? Until this bill is sent to the scrap heap or brought into law, what we do know is that the people will fight every step of the way. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. And if you're after something else to listen to, why not check out one of the most interesting guests on You Beauty? Lee sat down with Erin Rhodes. She's been living a zero-waste life for the past six years. If you want to check it out, search for You Beauty in your favourite podcast app. 